Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. The Soul of Business with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to the Soul of Business on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. The property market is one that attracts many who are drawn to the flexible hours, the balance between working hard and making a good living. But COVID-19 has presented some challenges to the 8,500 salespersons who work with Propnex. Today, we speak with Ismail Gafour, CEO and Executive Chairman of Propnex, to find out what the company is doing to support those salespersons through the rest of COVID-19, or through the rest of the circuit breaker, and beyond. Ismail, welcome to the show. Hi, good afternoon. Afternoon, Claire. So nice to hear you after some time. Yeah, it's been a while since I last spoke to you. Now, let's go right in because I have so many questions for you. Sure. You can first tell us the, the real estate deals are right now during the circuit breaker. Are deals still being made? Are they still being closed? Yes. In fact, we are closing deals, but in all right perspective, I must say the volume have dropped by more than 50% down. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we look at the caveat for under URA for private property, in the month of April, there were about 293 transactions for new launches and 345 for the resale. Why am I giving these two figures here? This when you compare the average of January, February, and March for three months, both sectors did about 700 units on average. But now it nose dive to 293 to 345. Therefore, the volume has definitely dropped by almost 50% or even slightly more. But the good news here, Claire, here is we have been closing throughout the circuit breaker. Mm-hmm. And I must say, for example, when we were tracking for about 36 development, there were some movements. There were more than 200 units were transacted. I'll just give you one or two that were doing very well, I must say. Okay. Surprisingly, during the circuit breaker itself, Florence residents near Haugang sold 22 units during the circuit breaker. I'm not even counting the one week before the circuit breaker. Treasure at Tampanese sold 21 units. Copper at Newton, near Newton, 18 units. Park Clementis sold 18 units. Park Esther sold 15 units. So what am I trying to say here is that in the last five weeks, there were more than 200 new launches were sold and most of these buyers were relying on off-the-plan to Zoom meetings, virtual tours, videos, and discussions. And that's amazing, I must say. Okay, so the question of has COVID-19 impacted the property sector? Clearly, it has impacted the property sector, but it's not a case of zero zilch, no business, everybody can just stay home. There is business, it's just at a lower volume. So that's not so bad. That's really true, Claire, simply because, put it this way, the rental transactions people do renewal. We have got about 8,500 agents, yes, it's true, but in the month of April, they still do a fair number, a couple of thousand numbers of rental renewal transactions, and these are being done while the circuit breaker was still uh, on, mm-hmm. and people are doing it in online and DocuSign and virtual visiting and things like that and so on. But on the other hand, 
we were also equally concerned because when you have a workforce of 8,500 salespeople and the volume dropped by 50%, does it impact? Yes, certainly it impacts. Okay, so let's talk about this $30 million PropNext Resilience Support Package. Tell us why it was designed. Tell us who it's for. Tell us everything about it, basically. Sure, What I will do here is, you see, what happened was immediately when the government announced, our Prime Minister announced about the circuit breaker going to take place just the following day or so. The very next day, PropNext decided to come out went to the think tank and discussed with the management and get all the necessary approvals. And we announced our $30 million PropNext resilience support package. One of the key concerns we had here is, unlike salaried staff, you know, they still get the monthly salary and the CPF into the account, and therefore they are able to pay their monthly commitments such as the bank loans and all other commitments. Mm -hmm. But for real estate salespeople, they are really dependent on cash and they don't have uh, fixed income. And that's why what we did was the resilience package was targeted to allow them to give cash at once first. $25 million was in advance cash commissions to our salespeople. And we also give $1.25 million of pension because our PropNext leaders, they accumulate a pension over a period of 10 years. Therefore, we have accumulated a couple of million dollars that was due to the leaders of who are running the teams. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, we allow them to take up to 40% of the pension in at once. And so goes to the management fee. And as well as we raised the training fee of $1.7 million, which means to say all the salespeople who are supposed to pay for the continuation of the training fee for next year and ahead, we said we waive it. So what the company was really focused was I was so concerned about cash flow of my salespeople because when you don't have good cash flow and your commitment for the next two, three months, it will really create a huge stress. And that's what we attempted to do. And what we added on was also that as part of the 30 million, we felt that the community needed the support. And that's why we pledged our $750,000 as a donation to Community Chess. We have already released the 250000 to the frontline COVID fighters, while the 500000 will go to the Community Chess to the needy. Right. That was actually a a beautiful gesture. It is well needed for our frontline healthcare staff. Actually, there are so many things that the Community Chest, the Courage Fund, the Invictus Fund could do with this money right now. Yes, exactly, exactly, Claire. And and, and we exactly give it to these two funds as well to help to just support the people who are in really difficult times. I mean, all said, we are very, very thankful to the authorities and the government helping Singaporeans by and large, including our foreign workers and so on. But out there, people, especially the self-employed, and there are many people who have just lost the job or transition or on day-to-day pay kind of job requirements, are those people who are in dire need and stress. And I think it is important that whatever means we have, we have to take care of this group of people. Right. We're speaking with Ismail Gaffour, CEO and Executive Chairman of PropNext. Now, it's interesting you brought up at the start of the interview, Zoom meetings closing on Zoom. So obviously, this is already the property sector going towards more digitalization and innovation. Talk to us about digitalization and innovation within PropNext and how you see it fitting into the property sector even after a circuit breaker? I think definitely, I think this is something we are quite certain 
the behavioral pattern of the consumers will change after this circuit breaker. In fact, the COVID and the circuit breaker, particularly eight weeks, have forced a lot of us to come out of our comfort zone, embrace technology, and communicate. And we are talking about plans. When I mentioned that during the five weeks, there were more than 100, 200 over units, new launches were sold. Mm. I'm just quite proud to say that we sold close to 70% <laughs> of all transactions from next. I'm not trying to just on my trumpet loud, but I'm only going to say Simply, this was only possible because PropNex salespeople were trained in terms of adapting to the technology. And that's why they got greater confidence. Because every time people are very, very uncomfortable to talk to Zoom, to ask someone to commit $2 million. I think it almost sounds insane. And it is all about a belief system and training. So generally, what am I trying to say here is this, after the circuit breaker, I will not be surprised even for the resale market. Consumers may start asking, rather than you want to show me five houses on the weekend rush from one place to another place, can we zoom and show me all the video clips of all the houses? Let me narrow down to one or two before I take a physical visit to decide whether I like that particular place. So that's what I am trying to say here is this. The behavioral pattern will change and as such, we are going in a big way, training all our agents throughout the last five weeks of circuit breaker i think every singular week of six working days we have been conducting more than 20 trainings actually every day, three to four trainings. that yeah. sounds very very appealing to me as a potential consumer you zoom me 15 properties i pick three yeah. to actually physically go and see yeah i like yeah. that that's that's a good idea it saves me a lot of time yeah, not only time. Can you imagine you save the hassle of traveling your petrol yes. under the sun? You park the car, you go to one flat and one condominium. It really, so I think this is really positive as long as agents change to adapt to this and also utilize technology. And I think consumers moving forward are more likely to do that as well. All right. We're speaking with Ismail Gaffor, CEO and Executive Chairman of PropNext. I love talking to you because... You bring up so many new questions now. And you've been in the industry for a very long time. This is nowhere you've never been before. You know, what we're facing now, the crisis we're facing now, you went through it with SARS. You went through it with, uh, with the economic crisis, the Asian crisis. Yeah. Can you yeah. draw parallels? Let's, let's pick your brain, your wisdoms. What are the parallels with those historical events and the current situation? Claire, I think we know for sure crises do provide opportunity, but we are not asking everybody to just jump into it, dive into it without doing their sums right. Put it this way, I think the closest but still not at the same pandemic level world over are SARS. 2003, 2004 was SARS, I think at that time as of now, the number of casualty count of people who passed on was higher in Singapore. Mm. And, you know, the property market was really at its relatively doldrum. Sentiment was really weak. And give you a glimpse, if people who have bought it during SARS were at the downtown, uh, the sale, for example, you know, it's a very beautiful development known as sale mm -hmm. and the marina mm -hmm. area. And during the SARS, uh, immediately after the SARS, it was sold at per square foot 
$900 per square foot. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. That's amazing. People who picked exactly. it up made a lot of money that with that exactly. purchase. Exactly. And what happened was the SARS period only lasted the sentiment about one to two years, one mm. and a half to two mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. In 2007, property prices were at its peak. In fact, some of those people who entered the market already doubled the property or more. In fact, more than double the property in a very short period of time. Then right. 2008, we had the Lehman crisis, global financial crisis. Yep. Mm-hmm. And again, it lasted less than two years. SARS, it took about three to four years before it started to peak. But the Lehman crisis, within one, two years, people realized the global crisis was very much more confined to the Europe and USA, while Asia was doing well, and the market started to move. Right, and then we then then we came across the two zero one three major cooling measures when the government introduced huge number of cooling measures, total debt servicing ratios, stamp duties, and ABSDs, and so on. And then the property market went a bit more quiet, a little bit on the doldrums, uh, didn't see sunlight for four years. Then we look at it by two zero one eight, and end of last year, it was back again at its peak. So what am I trying to say here is this. Yes, it's true. Crises do bring down the sentiment, but it also provides opportunities for people who have the means, who understand the market, and enter the market knowing that they have enough reserve to sail through the crisis. Right. That's the way I look at it, Claire. Okay, so basically, this is an opportunity for people with the funds and the stout heart to make some money down the road is what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. But they definitely. need they, they need to have the, those deep pockets to begin with because they may they may make short term losses to make longer term gains. Generally speaking, for any form of a property investment, it's a long term investment anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. That's the exact point. That you you nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> I I was going to say whether it is a crisis or not crisis. Nobody should enter the market in real estate or being on speculative. And we are looking at five years and beyond. Mm. And knowing the fact that the prices bring the sentiment down, it becomes a biased market. And if you have the ability, it's the right time. Right. Okay, mm. so let's take the, the, the lesson you're trying to, to give us on that and apply it to re- the retail sector of property. Now, the, the figures coming out are pretty bleak right now resale volumes, etc. in the retail space. This partly is circuit breaker, partly it may be other factors, maybe a softer market, whatever. But do you think that that softness, those bleak figures, might translate into the rest of the market in the short term? I think, um, I wouldn't say it will translate to every other market because Mm. the demand and supply for different sectors and different markets are very different. Mm -hmm. For example, a residential market is very much uh, the demand comes from the population increase, the number of people being in, from the immigration side, or what is the numbers that we are bringing in, and all other aspects. Mm-hmm. And generally, the residential market is a little bit more stable. And then we have got the commercial sector, which is really depending on the global economy and whether more foreign MNCs want to take up space in Singapore and build their headquarters, and the demand for such office commercial space will go up or down depending on the global outlook. And then we talk about retail in specific that you asked. One of the major concerns that we have here is this, the behavioral pattern again of consumers. 
Are consumers getting so comfortable during the circuit breaker buying online a lot of their stuff? Mm. And even after the circuit breaker, and if this trend, not 100%, even if 50% choose to continue to do online and less going to the actual retail That will have a huge impact. Yeah, that will have a huge impact. And I think, but on the other hand, given all things to be equal, after some time, human behavior will tend to go back to go and look at things, window shopping and things like that. But there will be some impact left for sure in the next couple of quarters as far as retail is concerned. Okay, now I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball, right? Circuit breakers Mm -hmm. could live soon. But it is not going to be a magical, everything goes back to normal so what is your opinion of the rest of 2020 for the property sector? Look at your crystal ball, and draw from experience and tell us. Okay, I think um, generally, yes, I think this is a very important question. A lot of people would like to know how will the market uh, uh, will move in the next couple of quarters. In terms of volume, we are expecting a drop. For example, last year, in terms of the new launches, there were close to 10,000 units was transacted in 2019. For this year, we are only expecting in the tune of 7,000 to 7,005. So we are expecting a drop of about 20 to 25% in the new launches. So will be for the resale properties. We are also expecting the volume to be only be about 7,000. So with the lesser number of transactions, it becomes a bias market. And therefore, let's talk about price. What are we expecting the prices? The first three months of 2020, URA price index have dropped by 1%. And I think for the rest of the year, we are thinking the property prices may drop up to 3%. I am not expecting a huge drop of property prices because generally Singapore real estate market is resilient and the developers have committed at a high land cost and today they are launching or selling the properties very, very sensitively priced with a low profit margin, which means they don't have much room to drop prices either. Therefore, overall, the market is going to be stable with a little bit of correction of less than 3% for the rest of the nine months, and that will do provide an opportunity. As far as the public housing front is concerned, Claire, again, the volume is expected to drop. Uh, by at least about 2,000. We are only expecting about 22,000, probably about 10% drop. But HDB market is generally considered to be stable. We Mm. don't expect prices to drop. Prices are likely to stay as where it is right now. All right. You know, we have run out of time and I said this already. I I could talk to you for hours. There is so much to learn from you. Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you so much. And I just want to take this opportunity to every listeners, to everyone, to all Singaporeans. Stay safe. It's just two more weeks. But even after two weeks, let's get used to the new norms. Thank you so much to everyone. We've been speaking with Ismail Gaffor, CEO and Executive Chairman of Propnext. Ismail, thank you for giving us your time on The Soul of Business. You are on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.